Welcome to Childcare CRM, the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM, the company, and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM, the product. I'm your host, Sierra Rossing, and I serve as the content marketing specialist at Childcare CRM. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Beth Cannon. Beth is an international speaker, educator, and entrepreneur known for her passion for engaging leaders and inspiring teams. So for our listeners who might not be familiar with you, can you share how you got started in the childcare industry? Yes. So about 23 years ago, I started doing Stretch and Grow, which is a children's enrichment program. So we go into preschools and childcare centers and do fitness, dance, sports, gymnastics. And that was the entrance from my career in teaching public school. And then over those years, I became the international trainer for Stretch and Grow. It's a global franchise. So I've done a lot of corporate training and training business owners. And then in about the last 20 years, I've become a staff development uh, keynote speaker. So doing lots of on-site training, speaking at lots of conferences, and really teaching these educators who are in early childhood, how to be entrepreneurs, how to run business. So leadership, business strategies, those are some of my favorite things to get to talk about. And through, you know, COVID and the way that things have opened, it it used to be really just local for staff development. And now I'm speaking at national conferences and doing group trainings. And it's just been a great whirlwind for the last year. Yeah, that's amazing. And definitely something that I think uh, people found a lot of value in. And what inspired you to get started in that speaking role and consulting role beyond stretch and grow? Well, being the being a teacher, I love to teach. I think teaching is a spiritual gift. So if you're you're listening, whether you're teaching in preschools or you're you know leading leaders, I, I just began to be asked to do it. And so I thought, okay, well, they're asking me to do it. And it started with, you know, help our teachers keep our kids more active and physically fit. And then as they saw my team flourish, they're like, what are you doing to recruit people like this? Your team's awesome. How are you doing these things? And so I really began to start breaking apart our systems and then just started teaching them to other people. So it was really just being asked. And then... It's kind of crazy. I turned 50 in 2020 and leading into that, I thought, you know, my kids are grown and flown and I want to do something a little bit different. So I challenged myself to digitize some of the content that I was doing. So really this happened before COVID. So I, I began investing in some education about 2019, preparing for the big 50, right? And then COVID hit. So when it hit, I felt a little bit more prepared because I had done some research. So it So it was the invitation to start speaking live and then really just out of necessity to begin doing things in the virtual world. Yeah. And what was that transition like for you? Did you did you enjoy doing things virtually at first or did it take some time? No, no, I didn't because because I love, you know, I love people. I love speaking live and, you know, and when you speak. Um, I, I love to, to give an energetic presentation, right? And so part of that energy comes from the audience. You know, you speak and, and you, you get that affirmation and you see them engage and you see their faces light up when you have light bulb moments. Well, you don't get that in the virtual world, right? You, you're just mm-hmm. on, on one side of the screen and you're hoping that people like, I mean, honestly, I've got a picture of people above my webcam so I can pretend that I'm actually talking to people because it just helps me to be able to do that. So the transition was hard, definitely a thousand miles out of my comfort zone. But when you get the feedback afterwards and you get that connection afterwards and you realize and you start to hear stories and posting and, and you get that affirmation that something that I've put out there has helped someone or it's, you know, help. I've given them some real results. 
And then that is what really gets me excited. Right. Yeah. And so currently you've got a program called From Stuck to Strategy. And can you share a little bit about what that program includes, kind of an overview? Yes. So it's a group coaching program for early education leaders. And we break it down into three chunks. So we just actually have started that this week. And we start with your purpose. You know, Simon Sinek says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And where we are right now in our industry, our whys have shifted. You know, people are have questioned like, what am I doing in this industry? Because it's been a really challenging year with, with COVID and the protocols and business shutting down and starting back up. So they've faced so many different challenges. So I think now's a great time to dial down on, okay, what is your why? Why are you doing what is you're doing? What, what is your purpose? What fuels you? So we work on their purpose and then we scale it down to, okay, now let's break down your company culture. What's going on in your center? And so we do team building intensives with their team to create their culture, their, their brand voice, their brand words. And then we go into their processes, time management. How are you automating, delegating and eliminating things? You know, are they using platforms and systems like a CRM to grow their business? And what are they doing to free themselves up from, you know, paperwork and spreadsheets and tasks so that they can motivate and lead their team? And then we go into, you know, policies and processes. We I teach them how to digitize their manual, you know, because I find that so many of them have these old paper manuals that if you tied them to their their ankle, it would sink them in the ocean. Right. And zero people are reading those manuals. Uh, You know, as we're we're getting younger and younger employees. They did not learn from textbooks. You know, who we're going to be getting over the next five years, they were taught via Zoom. You know, they got their education, you know, from Zoom. And so I'm I'm kind of a geek about instructional design and adult learning and what makes learning stick. So a big part of getting unstuck is to realize we can change, we can innovate, we can invest in things that help our teachers be the best that they can be. Instead of going back to, well, we did what we always have done. Well, that's why you're stuck. Right. And so when leaders get better, I think everyone gets better. And so stuck to strategy is about taking some old ways of thinking and some old ways of doing and finding ways, you know, things that work with our brain and just making some small tweaks so that they can have a better school culture. They can have better relationships with their team and that they actually can have a team that they love and a schedule that doesn't exhaust them. So that's our goal for the program. And it's an eight week kind of a great coaching program. That's fantastic. And you mentioned that it's important for owners and operators to get their teachers and staff on board with the programs and services they're offering and kind of align them with the value proposition of the school. How do you suggest owners create a culture with this level of marketing collaboration with the staff? So about 90% of your product and your service is delivered by your staff, right? So when you're marketing, what are you selling? You may have a beautiful building, but if you've got a crazy culture on the other side of that door, you've got teachers who are not connecting, they're not talking to the children, or they're not re-engaging, they're not teaching the curriculum in a way that you sold it, then you haven't done a good job in selling your service. So if your team is not aligned, that is your product. They are delivering a service. They are delivering education and care to the kids. So my big passion is if you don't get what's going on behind the doors set, if you don't create intentionally create that culture, because here's the thing, no one that has a good culture, that didn't happen without intention, right? They were very intentional about 
training their staff, developing their staff, pouring into them, helping them understand this is who we are. This is how we speak. This is how we talk. This is how we look. This is how we deliver. So if the staff doesn't understand what to deliver, how's the school going to going to market that? Because you're marketing really your team. Yeah. Are there any, um, just out of curiosity, are there any questions that directors and owners should be asking during the interview process or any red flags they should be looking for when they're looking at a candidate? Oh gosh, there, there are so many, <laughs> so many red flags, so many red flags. But one of my favorite questions to ask is tell me about a time that you enjoyed a group of children. Because I truly don't believe that it is education alone that makes a great teacher. I mean, I've, I've had teachers that have had amazing credentials, even master's degrees, you know, specific or longevity, you know, years and years of experience doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good fit for your team. It is the heart. And I think it has to start with the heart to love children. So when I can ask, tell me about a time you enjoyed a group of children and they light up and they talk about a classroom experience or the way that they taught something or how they do circle time or, you know, how they get their kids up and get their kids moving, which is one of my passions. And they light up. That is a huge indicator that you've got someone who is buildable, that you've got someone who can be flexible. So paying attention to body language and do they get excited about being with the kids? Because you can, I I believe we have three things, right? We have skills, knowledge, and talent. You can give them skills You can give them education. You can most definitely give them knowledge. But are they bringing, do they have inside of them that true talent to love on and nurture those children? And do they have a team player attitude? You know, Mm -hmm. do they realize that they're functioning as a part of a team? And when the team gets better, when the team functions like that, like a family, you know, they're not disconnected and they can deliver because it, it has to come from the top down, though. That director has to, the leader has to be able to connect and love and motivate those teachers. So I think look beyond what's on that resume. Um, Definitely check references. You know, I know these days it's really difficult to check references, but, you know, I always do it because you never know what's, you never know what someone's going to say. And and the, the best part is, is when someone responds to, you're calling for a reference and they're like, oh my gosh, this person was born to teach. This person was born to do this job. You'd be crazy not to hire them. That is, that's awesome. So, you know, mm-hmm. ask, ask those questions and, you know, and go a few, a few layers deeper, but really and truly finding out if they're talented in the classroom, that's key. Absolutely. It makes such a difference when you have someone who's passionate about what they do. I think we've all had teachers that you could just tell they didn't even like children. Yes. Um, so it's like, and why are you everybody's miserable? Yeah, exactly. So beyond um, looking for the right hire, can you advise our listeners on how they can define company culture and work with their team to define core values? Yes. I um, I do a program, a p- part of sector strategy is a core values challenge. And on, on occasion, we'll run a core values challenge. And it starts with getting down to, you know, what what is inspiring about what they've, you know, what, what inspires the leader. And then one of my favorite things to do is pull in the team so that we can figure out, okay, what is our brand? And so with the team and a team training, I ask them, what 
what are the top 10 qualities of our best teacher that we have here? Like what makes the ideal teacher? What is it? And they'll say, you know, it's, it's engagement. She loves the kids. The parents love her. She's a leader. Um, you know, people aspire to be like her. She's got ninja skills when it comes to redirecting behaviors and, and she shows up, right? She's committed to her position. She shows up. She's there for her team. She's there for her kids. That in and of itself is a huge benefit just being there and just being in the classroom. And so what makes this great teacher? And then we say, what makes a nightmare teacher? What is the nightmare hire? What are some? And then it's really kind of cool when people begin calling out behaviors because they're not pointing fingers at someone. They're just saying in general, someone who is short with the kids, someone who is short with the parents, someone who, you know, refuses to stick to a schedule or, you know, calls in sick all the time and puts a lot of strain on their team. So we list out those. And then we say, okay, now let's break it down. What are, what does our A team, B team and C team look like? Meaning your A team is always on. And then that begins to show you what kind of behaviors we're looking at, what kind of heart is behind this team. And that begins to say, this is a good cultural fit. Someone who acts with integrity, loves children. You know, if it's a faith-based school, someone who's, they, they walk out their faith. I mean, that, that's, you know, we're, we, you and I are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right? So we're in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. So lots of schools are faith-based. And so whether you're faith-based, whether you're Montessori, whether you're for-profit, whether you're play-based or an outdoor school, your school has a specific culture that you've created. And so dialing in on those things what does your A team look like? Then your B team. Those people are buildable. You know, they've got the ta- they've got the talent, but they're they're maybe not always on, but they're they're buildable. And then your C team, you know, your C team are are just your average people. And this is what research Gallup research tells us that when you're looking at employees, average employees will never be excellent. Above average people can, they're buildable, but if someone is just average and they really don't strive to do that great job to really engage to do their job with the energy and integrity and enthusiasm and empathy and compassion Mm -hmm. that they need as a teacher, they might not be a good cultural fit for the school. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts with breaking down behaviors and those behaviors have heart behind them. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. But that's that's just kind of a core, that's a core exercise that if you can implement, if you're listening and you're a preschool director, you can implement that easy, simple exercise into your school and it makes such a difference mm-hmm. when everyone realizes how we're supposed to act. Yeah. And I love the idea of bringing in the staff. I think that gives them so much ownership of those qualities at the core values and, you know, the, the, the company culture that they want to be a part of and kind of grow with. So once you've defined these core values and hopefully the team is on board, mm-hmm. do you have any tips for staff retention or just keeping your employees satisfied? Yes. And I'll tell you what, now it's, it's challenging because we have even more challenges. So if you've got, if you have your team right now and they are connected, I think the number one thing is that you make them feel valued and feeling valued is, is different for other people. You know, some people, you know, it's more, maybe more than just a Starbucks card. Maybe it's more than just, you know, we honored you, you're in a, you're employee, you're, you're in the employee of the week. So yes, you can do all of the things that you can find on Pinterest to, to you know, let them know we appreciate yeah. you and you're good. But I think it's letting them feel valued 
It's those one-on-one connections with the leader that said like this, just this morning, I had breakfast with a couple of my girls and I know the whole purpose was I had no agenda. It was just to say, Hey, I know this year has been hard and Mm -hmm. I want you to know, I saw you show up and I saw you love on those kids and I saw you push through hard things and you truly made an impact because I find that most, most teachers in the early education field, they are motivated by the impact that they get to make on children. So for them to be acknowledged, hey, you're making an impact. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. I appreciate your team. You're being a team player. You know, in those frequent check-ins, they need to hear it more often. And I think we can all be better about that, right? Letting them feel valued. But that is their retention, showing them value and then listening to them and really hearing them. You know, can't, you know, if you've got some teachers who are struggling don't be, well, too, you know, too bad, so sad. I'm sorry. Can't, you know, just deal with it. I mean, you've been trained on all the things you're supposed to do. I need you to deal with it. Sometimes they need a break. Sometimes they need someone to come in and help them with the child, you know, and so hearing them, helping them to, to help their jobs to be easier and knowing that they're valued as people when they've got ish, you know, when they've got things going on, a listening ear, i from what I'm seeing, and, and, and I've been in a lot of different environments and I've talked to a lot of directors in this time, they are really trying to be intentional about letting those people know that they're valued because it's a whole lot more expensive to have to hire someone if you cannot, mm-hmm. if you cannot retain. So maybe you can pay them more money. Maybe you can't. And chances are your, your budget is set right now. Chances are your budget is stretched right now. You know, if you can, you know, if if money is going to keep someone, they're probably not going. I mean, if, if money is their primary motivator, they're probably not going to stay in a preschool classroom for a really, really long time. Right. And right. that might not be necessary. But, but the good news is, is most of them are there because of the impact that they get to make on children. They're called. To, it's a calling. They love to do it. They love to be there. So if you can create an environment where people feel valued and they feel cared about and they feel heard and they feel that their job, they're making a difference in their job, they're going to stay with you. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. And you mentioned that everyone feels appreciated in different ways. Yes. And I know that you're a fan of the Enneagram, which I am as well. Um, Would you suggest that people find out their staff's Enneagrams to better understand, you know, what they're looking for and what makes them tick? Well, I will tell you that I, I drink the Kool-Aid. Of the yeah. And in fact, it's part of Step to Strategy Academy. That's one of the first things I have directors do. And then in their team building, I have their team do it. Because here's the thing. We don't want to put labels on people. And if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it's it's just a personality test. And there are nine types or nine numbers. And, and to break it down, it truly says that there are nine different ways of looking at the world. Nine different normals. So for example, my husband is a one. So it means he's a perfectionist. So he sees the world in system and in order and there is no gray. Everything is very black and white and there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. And generally his way is the right way. My way, my way is the wrong way. But again, but then twos, for example, are helpers. I find that most preschool teachers, because I do this a lot in trainings, are twos, which are helpers, or nines, which are peacemakers. Um, you know, and they're there to love on and nurture the children. So any there's not necessarily a wrong number to look at. But, you know, let's say you have an eight who's a challenger, that eight who is a challenger. You need to make sure if you've got an eight that you hear that eight, they're, you know, because they will challenge things. They're not they're not being rude or disrespectful and most of the time, but they will challenge things. They are social justice warriors. And if they feel that there's an injustice or something that's not fair or something that's not going right. 
that is the eight. If you know you have an eight on your team and there's been a little sticky situations going on, you are wise to pull that eight in and explain your heart and explain, you know, if you had to make a decision that was hard, let me tell you my heart behind making this decision. I made this decision in the best interest of our team because I care deeply about you all. I care deeply about our families. And so the reason I made this decision was this. And it's really important to me that you understand my heart behind the why rather than let it go on. Because if people don't feel heard, then that's a problem. Right. And then but then the peacemaker might be like, OK, whatever, whatever you made decision, that's fine. You know, that because they just want peace. So they're not going to challenge that paradigm. So you're exactly right in saying that when you it, it's just a self-awareness tool. So do I suggest it with your team? Absolutely. In fact, on my team, I, they, they take it as part of their onboarding. And then I keep track of everything in my Trello boards. And Trello is just an online project management board. And so like I have a board for my team. And so each person has a has a list with a card. And then in that card, I know their birthday. I know their Enneagram number. I know, you know, just a little bit of information about them. Because when I go to have a conversation, I'm going to talk to an eight, who's a challenger, a whole lot different than I'm going to talk to a two, who's a helper or a nine, who is a peacemaker. So I say, if you've got access and, and the Enneagram is free, you can take it online free. But if you've got access to that and you want to do something fun in team building with your teachers, do the Enneagram, let them know each other. Because again, I think when we are self-aware and we see how our team functions with each other, it really opens up a lot of opportunity for connection. And I think that's a great opportunity for owners and directors to grow and strengthen their team as well as their own leadership skills. Yes. And obviously, I mean, you have great communication skills, clearly, and the ability to, you know, speak to different people in a way that best suits them, I think is a really vital skill as a leader. Do you have any tips for how owners and directors should be grading themselves on their management abilities or how they can strengthen their leadership skills? Well, of course, I think they should take stuff to strategy or something like that. I mean, no, I think definitely investing, you, 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 it's a mindset. You don't want to look at spending money as just spending money. If you look at you are investing in your leadership and you have that mind shift, it really makes a difference. So investing in your own leadership, wherever you get that from. I mean, you can, I mean, there's a, there are a ton of free resources. There are podcasts like yours. There are free courses online. There are conferences galore that are happening, but you have to be intentional about investing in your leadership. I think leaders are readers, you know, reading, reading books about leadership, educating yourself about, I think empathy and compassion right now is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. And like Enneagram wise, I'm a three, right? So I'm an achiever. Achievers sometimes can be so task oriented they forget about being people oriented. So I know in my personality, I have to be very mindful to to stop and listen and be people oriented because I'm so task oriented because I mean, I make a, a long to do list every day and I'm relentless about checking things off of my list, as you know. Yeah. So I think that leadership is important. You know, one leadership podcast that I listen to and enjoy, it's the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. And he's doing a series right now on, you know, it's it's all on leadership. So just a, and it's like a quick, you know, 20, 20 minute bite, but I just listened to it this morning and he's talking about leadership and the, the mind shift that you have to make when you invest in your leadership. And so 
doing nothing and just thinking, well, hey, I've done this for 30 years and I know how to lead my team. Let me tell you something. The longer we do this, the least we know. Mm. I can promise you that I've done this for 23 years and I continue to learn more and more. So be a learner and be a listener because that's going to help you be the leader that you're called to be. I, I did a conference a few weeks back and, you know, one of the, we were you know going over the coach approach, right? How to coach your teachers instead of how to manage them. So when a teacher comes to you and says, I've got an issue, the director's like, okay, well, let me come in the classroom and fix it. Now I've been interrupted. Well, what about empowering that teacher with tools? What about asking the question? Okay, we'll step back from that just a minute. That, that's not happening to you. It's just happening in front of you. What have you done to redirect this child's behavior? Tell me what you've done. What, do you, what are some things you think might work? And then have a dialogue about those strategies. But again, to manage that way, to, man, to coach instead of manage, takes intention because you have to learn a completely different way to approach different situations. Things are, things are new. And so I would say leaders start learning. The, the older you are, the more you have to learn. Also, I, I believe that. And I'm old, so I can say that with confidence. <laughs> and uh, beyond the learning aspect, more into, you know, the, the fact that burnout is so prevalent in this industry. Yes. Are there any tools or resources that you suggest owners and directors look to in order to stay motivated and feel productive and excited to be part of the childcare industry? Yes. Well, I've got a course called Breaking Burnout on my website. So yeah. there is a there is a course for that yeah. and there's a burnout quiz associated with that. Um, and that's a live that's a live course that we recorded. Um, but here here are my keys through that. Self-care is key to burnout. Mm -hmm. So simple things like having a morning minute that matters, taking care of your because if you, the situations that are happening at work are probably not going to change anytime soon. So work kind of is what it is. What can change is what you control. And what you can control is your heart, your mind, your attitude, your habits. That is going to help break your burnout. So when you, if you back it up and you start with your morning, get centered in the morning, whether you pray, whether you meditate, whether you exercise, whether you read, whatever it is, have that minute in the morning that your mind is not consumed by social media. You're not consuming content, 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 right? Have that time in the morning. Prepare yourself, get up a little bit early if, if you can and focus on the morning and then take, you know, taking time to dream, taking, you know, doing things that matter, taking a day off. If you've got PTO, take it. If you can, if, especially directors, if you're working 60 or 70 hours a week, you've got a delegation problem, right? You need to mm -hmm. dump your junk. You need to, to evaluate everything that you do. One simple way to do that is to write down what you do every single minute of every single hour for every waking hour for a week or two and figure out where you're spending your time. And then look at that. What can you automate? What can you delegate? What you can eliminate? You don't have to take on everything. So when your team looks at you, do they know that your faith is in something bigger than your ability to do all of the things? And when I say that, I mean, is your faith in your team? Do you have an assistant is your faith in your higher power? What, wherever your your source of strength is, you have to realize and surrender the things that you cannot control. I find so many directors are like dogmatic dictators, right? They've been disappointed so often by people that they've hired and they've experienced the consequences of someone else's mistake and they don't want to do that anymore. So their response is, I'll just do it myself. And that is what leads to burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm a three as well. 
And I can definitely relate to the making lists on lists every single day and just kind of trying to do everything myself. But I do love the idea of taking that time in the morning, especially for me. I just, I mean, I work in marketing, you know, social media is a huge part of my job and it's so easy to want to like grab your phone and get started with your day first when you first wake up. But even like sitting down with a cup of coffee, I just sit with a cup of coffee on my patio, take 20 minutes and just be out there without my phone. And I feel like it's made such a difference, especially during COVID. So I love that. And you mentioned earlier the importance of, you know, digitizing and automating to save time. Yes. Are there any specific processes that need to be streamlined first before they start diving into other areas of the business? Well, I think this is going to vary based on structures that people have in place. You know, they may have like a platform like childcare CRM that they're using with their marketing. They may have, you know, like a parent communication system or so I think you've got to look at what you have. You've got to figure out where you're spending your time. Like if you're not automating your accounting, your parent payments, get that automated because how much time are you spending doing that? Um, if you don't have some sort of workflow system. Like for me, it's Trello, which is again, Trello is free, but that I use Trello for so many things. And I particularly use it to communicate with my assistant because she's, you know, she lives 45 minutes away and we both, our offices are both in our home. So we don't get together and see each other. So with Trello, you know, we can put our to-do list, our list, our cards, we can add each other, we can communicate. So I'm seeing everything in real time, what she's seeing on our team with, you know, her team, she's seeing my team. And so it's this great communication process. If you are texting back and forth or doing post-it notes or doing sticky notes, one simple thing you can do, streamline your communication with your other leaders and your other, keep it all in one place. Email is not working. I mean, if, if you've conquered email and you can do, you, you have zero inbox, props to you. Come come yeah. on the podcast and teach other people how to do it. I can never conquer email. So my my thing was to stop with the emails and move everything I can into Trello so that we can all communicate. But again, knowing what where you're wasting your time, and I think if I if you go back to the dump your junk, write write out everything that you're doing and figure out where you're wasting your time. And get focused on spending your time intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, do you have any advice for directors and owners as we kind of hopefully start to move towards this like new normal? And as hopefully, you know, COVID starts to die down a little bit, you know, things are going to, I'm sure, start moving a mile a minute pretty soon. Uh, do you have any advice for them as they move into this new, this kind of new time and setting in childcare? Remember your reset. The entire world had an opportunity to reset. Everything went away and we had to restart, except for the ones that were keeping pandemic care. And, you know, they've kind of just, you know, continued to just adjust, adjust wherever you are. But I want you to remember that in every most areas of our life, we all had some areas where we had a complete shutdown and a complete reset. So think about life pre-COVID, right? What what was working, what wasn't working and what needed to change? You're a year out. What has changed? And look at it now, what's working, what's not working and what still needs to change. So hopefully they made some they made some decisions that they maybe didn't add things back to their life or to their schedule that caused that frenzy of life. Maybe there are some relational things that they need to work on. But remember your opportunity for reset and our decisions tell our story. Right. So every decision that we make is going to tell our story. What do you want your story to be? Do you want your story to be that 
during this crazy time, I took an opportunity to slow down and spend more time with my family or grow, grow relationships. Or I took the time to scale back my business, or I took the time to say no to things that no longer served me instead of continuing it to take on more and more. So really use this time of reset to reevaluate the things that are happening in your life. And, and it's okay to say no. It's okay to say not right now. It's okay, leaders, to empower other people to make decisions. And so, you know, because they haven't been able to be in the classroom as much, you know, because of protocols and things like that, um, you know, look back and see again what's working, what's not working and what needs to change and realize that you do have some sort of control in the design of your life. Mm -hmm. yep. in your business. Yeah, I think that's great. So we talked about from stuck to strategy and you mentioned your program all about burnout. Do you have any other programs, events, or resources that people can join in now or that they should be looking forward to? Yes. So Stuck to Strategy is happening now. We just start. We just started this week. So if that is something, if you are a director and you are kind of, you're ready to get confident and get some clarity around your purpose and processes and policies, shoot me an email or go to bethcannonspeaks.com slash stuck to strategy. You can learn about that program. And then I also do obviously conference speaking, keynoting, retreats and things like that. I do on-site staff development. So now I'm getting booked to either come in live or come in virtually to train teachers. And we do what's called a team building intensive. So we spend a half a day or a whole day with these teams and we start again, we, we nail down that culture, that that, you know, where we walk through, what are our, what's the greatest, what's the not so greatest and who are we and how we function. And we work on those core values and we come up with what really and truly is their staff brand. We create kind of a brand new culture and really to get them to be mindful of how they function as a team and how each person can contribute and make impact. That's awesome. And I'll make sure to link those below so that people can find you and find those programs. But I really appreciate you coming on. I think this is you know, everything we talked about from staff retention to automating processes and just making sure that you're still in love with childcare, I think is something that is on everybody's mind right now. So I appreciate you taking the time to join me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about childcare CRM or childcare forms, visit us online at childcarecrm.com and make sure to follow, rate, and review so you never miss out on another episode.